said that? I that was Sonor. Oh, that was Jason? No. Oh. Hey, David. I'm sorry. I'm not, I don't, I'm not even I'm not trying to be funny or anything. I just felt like saying the wrong thing on purpose. It's fun. It's like if I'm listening to the Rolling Stones and I'm like, I'm like, I was like, is this a Beatles song? No, this is obviously not a Beatles song. This is Okay. Let me. So Alan is working. Alan is working. He wanted to come. Yeah, last time we talked, he had no jobs, and now he has a job, and so uh, we tried. Real behind you anyway. It's not real. No, you're right. It's great how you disappeared last time I saw him escape recording. You dis- at one point you just disappeared into the into the woodwork deck. Yeah. Multi dimensional bathroom. <laughs> what is that what is that woodwork? Why do they say woodwork? Where does that come from? Is that like when you see like faces in the wood or something? Yeah, the, I, I think so. It's like uh, out of the little, woodwork. The little knots and and uh, yeah, people thinking like fairies actually emerge from that. The, the actual knots in the wood. Oh, yeah. There was like that Twilight Zone where the people are like stuck in the walls because you can see sometimes the way that they'll spackle the walls. It just like leaves these forms or whatever. I remember in Jacob's Ladder when he said when he says that, that there's demons coming out of the woodwork or something like that. He's talking about coming out of. Are you ready for business, Jason? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you see the uh, Lazarus uh, stage play? Yes. Yes. I, I, tr- I tried. I was at the time that I had available was at work. I was able to read a lot, but I wasn't able to watch video on my service or whatever. Sorry. So, can we talk about it as a work of musical theater? Right. I mean, I, I don't want to get into like the crazy stuff first. I want to like you know lead into it gently. <laughs> yeah, last time I was hearing Jason, you wanted to start with the Babylon working and, and kind of work your way up chronologically or something. Well, I, I just wanted to start with you know Bowie's um, stuff and just you know look at the clues that he's left and see where they lead without coming to a firm conclusion. You know, Socratic dialogue style. Mm-hmm. Sort. Of. Cool. So you know, I, mean, I... I don't... Go last time I had a plan and you know nothing worked out. So. This time, you know, just tell me what you guys think of the, the Lazarus production, and we'll go from there, I guess. Can, can I can I just make a suggestion, if possible? I don't know uh, if we have this capability, if it's like whoever's hosting the call, but if Jason Barrera could share his screen, 
then we can, or I should, shouldn't say this in third person. Jason, if you can share your screen, then you can share anything that you want us to look at directly so we don't have to like jump around individually. Is that possible? I don't have anything to show right now. Um, but at I some can, point, just in the yeah. conversation, if you're sharing your screen, uh, then we can all kind of just see whatever it is that you want to show us if you have it in your computer. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, let's see here. I mean, I just don't know quite how to do it, but yeah, you know, I'll figure it out. You guys talk first. Okay, um, so tell me what you guys I want to I want to talk about. So I didn't realize that this was like part two from the man who fell to earth, and it's, it, it stated that it was based on the book by Walter Tevis. And so I went ahead and read that book because I wasn't aware of it, and I actually really liked the book. Um, I don't think I've seen the film, The Man Who Fell to Earth, for probably about 10 years, and I don't know if I watched the entire thing. Um, um, the thing that stood out at me about Lazarus is how the title says Lazar, and then U.S., Us, Us. Yeah. is really highlighted. And so I'm like, well, does Lazar uh-huh mean anything and well, it actually means leper a poor diseased person oh well. so i i don't know if that's intentional or sync but that's something that jumped out at me right off the bat and then i wasn't aware that michael c hall i should have been was the lead actor from dexter and six feet under mm. which is all about dying um, but then it's so interesting because he looks like a combination of Matt Damon and Mark Wahlberg, like they're kind of mashed <laughs> together in there. <laughs> and I will say that I hate musical theater, and this play lived up to uh, to my dislike of there's something something about musicals that just isn't my cup of tea. Yeah, it lived, it lived up to it in the sense that it lived it lived up to your dislike of it, or it lived yes, up to yes. like it was, what does it that was mean? Bad. It, it, it was, was bad. Very bad. Oh wow. To, I, me, I, yeah. to me, I mean, maybe it. But the thing is, we're watching a stage play on a screen, and so we're not in the room. We lose the intimacy and uh, the emotion and the energy. Right, but is this like is this like one of those like existence where it's like it doesn't matter that it's crap because it's communicating so much like meaning? Is I don't right. Know. Like the first time I saw it, I thought it just gave everything away, but the second time I saw it, I realized that it didn't really give everything away. But it did give some important, you know, pieces of the puzzle away for sure. To, to and, talk about talk about that. Well, I mean, just right off the bat, you see that um you know, the blue bird isn't, you know, a literal bird. He's talking about this, uh, this blue girl he sees through this TV screen. And, you know, the TV screen's all static. He said he can't see her clearly, you know? Like, you got that much, right? I think yeah. it's good that I haven't seen it being the only one because as you're right, right. Desc- you're gonna it's gonna force you to describe it a bit more. So anybody else who's listening to this conversation can maybe get more out of it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. True. In the book, it's Betty Joe. In the movie, it's Mary Lou, and in the movie, the actress was Candy Clark, and she was also in American Graffiti. So oh. there's some more details for you. But um, but Mary Lou does have blue hair, 
on the screen. Do you know who she is in American Graffiti by chance? I don't. Okay. Okay. I know that movie quite well. Anyway. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Whatever. She's um, all American. Okay. <laughs> right. And, and I mean, you know, so, you know, the, the boy stand in, Mr. Mr. Newton, is just always talking to this girl in his head, you know? Right. So, I mean, and, and, you know, he made sure that the that the girl he cast was named Sophia, of course. So is this like a play bought, written by David Bowie? Yeah, he fucking that's wrote what, this play. That's what we're talking this about. This play is his fucking last will and testament. Right wow. Here, basically. Okay. And you guys don't care. You just think it's stupid dinner theater or something. I didn't say that. I was blown away by it. I thought it disturbed me, actually. Yeah, How did yeah. it disturb you? Yeah. I I don't I don't know it was uh, I I don't know how to describe it it was it was just more of a feeling afterwards I was like it, uh, okay it's it's a similar feeling I got um, after I I heard that he died like that that same kind of feeling and it, I didn't associate it at that time with his death but that feeling that everything he knew about him was maybe wrong no no not like no, that no um, no no just a uh, I don't know like it. So you don't find it interesting how he's pining for this girl like through a TV screen that he can only see through static oh. throughout the whole thing? This, this doesn't strike you as interesting at all, or does it? I mean, I, I, no, I, I, for I, sure, I, I thought the guys, whole thing was interesting. <laughs> how do you guys think that? Well, so that's going to be your challenge. Uh, so last, like for listeners, we left off with you saying David Bowie's body of work is kind of like a refiguration of Aleister Crowley, like an updated uh, new age love story for the kids. It's a retelling um, of the vision of the voice, essentially. Mm-hmm. But isn't, there's isn't a like level a ju- of... Oh, okay, sorry, go on. I was going to say, there's a level of prophecy in the... Well, no, it's not prophecy. Yes. There's, well, well go, go on, go on. Well, so... You're saying that he's aware of his role, and part of that is from the next day video where, you know, he's more of a John the Baptist figure and not the actual Messiah. No, no, he's he's Gnostic Jesus. But see, Gnostic Jesus only comes to save Sophia, you know? That's, that's the whole Gnostic mythos. So, like, he doesn't really care about anyone else. He just wants to save Sophia. And so that's what he comes down to do. He transfers all of his power into Sophia. And then he disappears. That's the big disappearing act. I don't know enough about Gnosticism, I think, to really uh, appreciate that completely because I'm familiar with different archetypes. Like but, I notice it, or is it, tell, tell me because I don't know, is it relatable to like, you know, like Ram is looking for Sita and what translates is like the heart of man. And then at the end, Hanuman opens up his chest and Hanuman and Sita are like together in his chest. Like, is it like, like uh, uh, Shakina and Zaire and like the, the, right, right, the right. separated yes, lovers. Exactly like that. So but, Shakina and but, Zaire is relatable to Sophia and. But I mean, yeah, yeah. But just totally, to be yes, yes. Just but, to be clear, but, but, let, you... let me let me clear, let, let me talk here. Okay. Yeah. So he says, you know, my two big interests are in Kabbalah, Crowleyism, and the Gnostics. So those are the three things we're going to look at here because right. those are the important. Okay, so that's, that's stated. Says, that's I'm stated from. plainly. Where is that stated? Um, look, go to my freaking post, okay? Well, that's what I'm saying. You should share your screen. <laughs> if you can. Yeah. So something else that I want to just 
to relate to you, Jason. And sometimes you you take for granted that we are as knowledgeable as you in I know some I know. of the, the esoteric traditions that you're very well versed in, and also uh, David Bowie's body of work. And so you'll quote lyrics, and I'm aware of the albums, but the level of detail definitely always goes over my head. But, um, Jason, I also wanted to. Just, just to clear up, uh, when you're talking about the Gnostics, you're talking about uh, the Valentinian system, right? Um, primarily, but um, David Bowie has a very low opinion of the Demiurge, which puts him more in line with, um, you know, the O-Fighter, Sethian traditions. Right, because the Valentinians were more uh, aligned to the Christians with that. They were more like Advaita, as yeah. far as things go. But yeah. there's, there's a very like dualistic uh, streak in, say, his uh, gnosis here. Mm. Advaita, like D- Vedanta. Advaita yeah. Vedanta, as in you yeah. know non-dualism. So yeah, that's relatable really... to the Gnostic trip with the demiurge, just the Valentinian right. system. Right. Yeah, in in the Valentinian system, um, it was uh, very non-dualistic in its approach to um, everything, whereas um, with you know um, the Ophite system as um, portrayed in Irenaeus and uh, the Nagamati text, the Demiurge is a very evil sort of figure. And that is much more like what uh, Bowie is saying through his lyrics. Yeah, so I just brought that up because other Gnostic systems, well, Christian Gnostic, they get called, it's like uh, Christ didn't only come to save Sophia, right? Christ is the Logos in the same way as he is in uh, Christianity and Neoplatonism afterwards. Um, well, it's like the, the Ionic uh, Christ as, as like an archetype. We, we have to c- consider like the ions as being archetypes. So like the archetypal Christ is saving like the archetypal Sophia. Um, and yeah, um, but as far as. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's just lots of different interpretations of, of like the historical gospel narrative, so it's hard to mm-hmm. um, historicize it. I guess, um, as far as, yeah, I don't know about that. Um, I mean, they interpreted like the historical narrative of Christ coming to save humanity into a more esoteric narrative of him coming to save Sophia, I guess is the best way mm-hmm. to put it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so we're, we're saying that this stage play is essentially the sequel to the man who fell to earth. Is that literally what we're saying? Or we're saying it's following yeah. the same thread, like the boxes to Donnie Darko or something. I would say it's more of a sequel just because it's trying to give it an ending and he's already on earth at the start of it. Okay. I see. Yeah. It's it. No, I, what I was blown away by was how he ties everything, like his whole career, everything into that into that stage play you could find everything in in it and that's i i don't know i'm sort of overwhelmed by it Mm -hmm. okay let me see if i can share my screen here need to uh uh, enable some things here so any other thoughts on uh the 
player. So, so I want to know. I want to know more about this bluebird. Are you saying that? So, so just so I have, so we know, I know everything else that you were saying, Doug. You're saying that the the woman who somebody in American Graffiti, she's playing this archetypal character of somebody that's referred to in the play as the bluebird. Tell me. She is playing Mary Lou, who is so in the Man Who Fell to Earth. It's interesting in the book. The sex Sorry. isn't really a thing, so the the movie diverts there. Whereas in the in the in the movie, I, they have a sexual relationship, and he's really in love with her. Yeah, you get the impression in the book that he does love her, but he's being humanized throughout the course of the book. You know, he's an alien, and so he's being humanized, and so but he still never is fully human, and so he does. At the end, <coughs> the two main characters go one way, and he's all by himself. You know, it's a, a story about alienation and isolation, and and so that's where the play picks up. Where now he's just in in New York in his apartment, all by himself, and and he can't die allegedly, according to what the Wikipedia says. And so, so it's but a, he's it's, longing it's, for it's his a, lost. It's love. a crossing crossing of the abyss narrative, right? Well, this is the weird thing. I'm like, on a certain level, maybe this is just superficial, but I'm just like, isn't it like, like Bowie lives forever in the same way Marilyn Monroe lives forever because they're captured by, by film and their music. And it's yes, like, yes, we, exactly, as long as exactly, we have exactly. that, they're still around. Yeah, you freaking nailed it here. So one other thing I uh, that that's important is the stars are out tonight video. Mm-hmm. So um, did you guys watch that? Sure. Yep. All right, so what do you think about that one? The stars are out tonight video? Yeah, what, what do you get from Ooh. that? I want you guys to think, man. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I'm going to have to recall which one that was. So that's the one where he's 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 like a normal middle-class David Bowie and then these other movie stars are portraying him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know that. Yeah, that's awesome. It's, so, so it's Tilda Swinton in there, right? Yeah, she's right. In there. maybe yeah. Kate Blanchett is in there too. Totally. Maybe not though. Oh, right. So, so, like he's getting stalked by like the Ten White Duke and uh, like the celebrity couple with its uh, twisted antics. And and uh, so, but if you look at the video, what's actually going on is that they're like. Uh, coming to them in the night and like remaking um, Tilda Swinton in their own image. Dude, this is so funny that you'd say that because I just said the other day to somebody, I was like, you know, I feel like as long as Tilda Swinton's around, we still kind of have David Bowie. I totally said that the other day. Well, I I mean, my thesis is a little different there. We'll get to that later. I don't know if I actually believe that. I was just kind of making a joke, but... Nice. Jason is sharing his screen. Oh, can you can you actually see this? Yeah, I, mean, I can't see it on here. Okay. Is this see. is this the the uh, the blog here? Or? Yeah, mm-hmm. we're looking at the blog. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. So anyways, yeah. So I mean, what you see in the the stars are out tonight video is, um, you know, these these two uh, the twisted uh, celebrity couple, like coming to them in the night and um, completely remaking uh, Tilda Swinton into their own image. So they're saying they're they're like the new like archetypal god forms that'll like come to you if you 
like invoke them just like you know like a holy guardian angel or something you know so like you can throw away your old abramelin abramelin working and all, all that you know old antiquated stuff these are like the new hotness as far as you know Holy hey, is somebody amazing. eating fucking nachos, or are you yeah, typing? That's Jason's typing. I'm sorry to interrupt, but you were all right, ready kind of being interrupted. I thought it was a, I thought it was a cat lapping milk. <laughs> right, sorry. <laughs> sorry. No, okay. I, I'm go, on, go, go on, Jason, I'm sorry. Yeah, so I mean, that's the whole video, basically. It's, it's saying that these are the new stars, and like they will come to you in the night if you know you let them in, and like be your like archetypal like uh you know characters that'll like you'll like inhabit or they'll inhabit you um mm. and so that's a pretty uh interesting uh concept from bowie there i would say i mean that's just what he's saying in the video if you sure. actually look at it sure totally can we can we scroll down we're at the top of the blog yeah 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 yeah, yeah. well anyways um kubrick he's, he's got this uh, sequence of films here Lolita, Dr. Mm-hmm. Strangelove, 2001 A Space Oddity, Odyssey, Space Oddity, Clockwork Orange. Yeah, David Bowman, David Bowie, just got to say it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so th- so there's the uh, there's Lolita and, and you know, the, in A Strange Love. Mm-hmm. He's telling a little narrative there, but, you know, no one, no one ever caught it. Right, so what what are some Bowie references with Dr. Strangelove specifically? Because um, we, we covered, dollars. oh, I think, did I did we talk about it or did I read it from you about the, the Lolita connection? Um, was that in an email? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, th- that was really interesting. Yeah, you never let me down. In order to cut down belly fat, cut out carbs. Oh, we sugar. got it. We got an advertisement. Okay. Oh. <laughs> cut out carbs, sugar. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so now we know if you try to start a video, it will <laughs> it'll interrupt us from an audio standpoint. Guys, guys you got to get an ad block, man. Ad, that's 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 the key here. Ad, ad block. Or, I, I'm, yeah. I, that wasn't me. I don't know who that was. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Wait a minute. Doctor Strange, Love, David Bowie. What's what, what what's the connection? Or, or um, are we talking Lana? What are we talking? Well, we're talking. Um, well, the first Bowie does have the song Bombers, which is, you know, mm. about a bomb opening up a tear in the universe. But okay. then we also got, you know, Lana does have a song called Strange Love. Oh, interesting. I, you know what? I, I This is off topic, maybe, but I, I love how in Back to the Future that the code that he puts into before he gets blasted, before Michael J. Fox gets blasted back by the when the speaker explodes is the is the same code CRM 114. That was the bomb code from um, Dr. Strangelove. Right, 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 right. It's always felt meaningful to me, time travel and relating, yeah, with that. Yeah, there's something going on. But. Yeah. Okay. And, and I mean, this is another one of those weird songs that don't make any sense. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Strange Love, Lana, we met on a desert road, and then you pulled up in your black motorcycle, and then we danced all night under the Christmas lights in the dark with lightning and thunder. It doesn't make any night. sense. It doesn't? So... I don't know. I think of my. Well, uh, the the full song doesn't make sense. Mm. I, I mean, it's the dancing is the important part. Dancing is the consistent theme throughout both of their catalogs. Mm-hmm. That's like that's like the the one big shared signifier. Sure. As let's dance. Yeah. Exactly. And let's dance is, is on the path of temperance. Mm. 
Yeah, so um, an important book here um, up at the top is that I'll be referring to is The Eloquent Blood, um, The Goddess Babylon. That's just a nice uh, general scholarly kind of overview of things here. So you, you were referencing uh, Kenneth Grant a lot. And so I read yes. all, all of that that you had to share. I didn't read any like whole PDF books or anything, but I read a lot of, of so, but uh, there was a note. Hold on one second. Let me do something here uh, or not. Hold on. You talk if you want, but I'm going to look something up. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, the mechanism of magical creation that is brought into play in the production of a star child is essentially similar to that which produces a moon child. But there is a difference, for a star child is the result of actual congress with a non-human entity that is the vehicle of a uh, transcosmic in, uh, influence. Now, what's weird about that is like that has a period at the end, and it feels like he should say, whereas yeah. uh, right, a, right. a star child, like it's, you know what I mean? Like, uh, right. but interesting Brad, nonetheless. Brad Brad is speaking in like in riddles here. Like you got to like read between the lines of all this stuff because he's talking about like making his own moon child basically in all of his, mm -hmm. his books. Mm -hmm. It's, it's messed up man, because he's such like a science fiction, like his whole thing with the egg and Iowa's or whatever. It's like, it's like, I don't know what kind of, yeah. You know... See, see, see that, that's the thing here. Like I avoided <laughs> Kenneth Grant for a long, long time because I thought he was a crazy person. He fudges on his Gamatria a lot. And right, annoys right. Me. But he, he's doing that on purpose to confuse you. So you don't read his books because he's writing in code here. Exactly. And what he's writing about is making like a moon child who's going to be the priestess of the Ion of Mott. That, that, that is his whole agenda in all of his books. He wants to make a moon child or a star child. That, that's what he says. Who's going to be the priestess of the Ion of Mott and, uh, you know, speak the Ipsos word of Mott, which is, uh, well, I'll get to that later. Mm -hmm. So anyways. Okay. Um, Sorry. Yeah. I just, that was something that no, was. No. Getting... Um, yeah. So anyways, as I mentioned before, Lana has this very uh, enigmatic line here that she is serving up God in a burnt coffee pot for the triad. And that triad would seem to be the, uh, you know, supernal triad of, um, you know, the Thelemic system, which is um, the crown and conquering child chaos of Babylon, as uh, de depicted in The Vision of the Voice by Aleister Crowley. Oh, God. And, oh, uh, man. So, yeah, I so can I, I have to share this. So, like, with that line, uh, in my uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Norman fucking Rockwell connection, I, I can't help but equate that with the, uh, so... You know, there's um, uh, Sebring, the um, what was his name, the the hairstylist of Jim Morrison, who died in the same room with Sharon Tate, and so it's explained in the film that he and uh, Polanski and Sharon were like in a three-way relationship, and so um, there's like that. I've I've related to that line in this way, but what's kind of crazy is like from a, from like a symbolic level. Yeah you could see like i could see how like the archetypes could be related because there is like this whole thing where it's like the um you know the the, the pregnant woman like it's like virgo you know mm -hmm. there's like there's something there's some something serious there no no so, that, that's the yeah. thing man everything is connected everything everything mm -hmm. this is this is where sync leads even mm -hmm. though it seems ridiculous to say that mm -hmm. but anyways so um and um you know david bowie has a, a peculiar song called sound and vision what is that song about? 
he's never been uh, quite clear on that, but he said it did have a certain esoteric significance. Could that significance be that it's connected to the vision and the voice? I think it is, might be. Because is, that what, is that what he said, in esoteric significance? Is that a quote? Yeah, yeah, because he said, he, you know, he was still all, all the hell into uh, Crowley back then. Yeah. I, I mean, he, he was open about that at the time. And he, he said, uh, you know, breaking glass similarly is about him drawing uh, Kabbalistic symbols on, on the uh, the ground. That's, that's what he said that song was about. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he, he's still very much in, in an occult paradigm when he's uh, writing low. What is the period where he's in the striped black outfit and he's got the Kabbalistic tree on the floor and the wall? That's station to station. That's that period in which that photo yes. shoot happened? Okay. Yeah, yeah and that's going to be important because, you know, in Lazarus, you know. He's the same, yeah. The, the video, he, he's, he's running right. the same outfit. I, I remember that, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so that's then, in the next day extra, we get this uh, very strange song, Atomica, where um, he says, it was Mother's Day, let's rock till we explode. Protect you from the voices, protect you from the visions. He's hinting here. This is a hint. Um, yeah, and uh, so that goes on for a while. So. so the vision and the voice is a particular working. I I, I have a copy of it, but it's re- it's really like a lot of information and it's the call of these ethers, right? So they're like going through the storm winds. Is that related? Do they relate that to the storm winds of Ezekiel in Ezekiel's vision, how he had to penetrate these storm winds that are Kabbalistically related to the Klippa? Klippo? I think they might be. Um, I'm not really sure. Um, but yeah, I think they are related, but I, I don't know. I still have to left a, that's a different, by the way, like even traditionally, there's like the Bereshit school and then there's like the Ezekiel school. So they, you know, they're very different schools of Kabbalah and they relate to each other in certain ways. But like the word Tsimtsum, you know, the breaking of the vessels, mm-hmm. like that's right, strictly right. in the Ezekiel school. Like there's, there, as far as I know, there's no, but he's looking at Genesis Kabbalah that, that relates to that. But anyway, uh, sorry, yeah. go on. Yeah. yeah. No, no. Tsimtsum, breaking glass, it's all connected, man. Yeah, which is also in Life of Pi, by the way. It's the name of the ship in the book. Oh, in the yeah, movie. yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's not yeah, I mean, a mistake. Yeah. But, you know, we, we, we've got so much to cover. I can't go too much off base. So. Right, right, right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. It's fine. So, I mean, so, yeah. So, this whole article is sort of prompted by the, the mysterious thing about how, you know, um, you know, Taylor Swift and Lana Del Rey were the first uh, time that... Uh, Billboard Hot 100 had no uh, male artists. Oh. And, uh, yeah, but 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 um, like inexplicably for this past year, Lana Del Rey has gotten extremely popular, and it's just weird because she hasn't had any like real like hits or anything in like a conventional way that would like explain why she suddenly got really popular. Well, her stuff sells on vinyl like crazy. And I've gotten that from the, uh, you know, the record store that I used to work at. I go in there a lot and I always ask for Lana, if they're going to get some Lana Del Rey in or they're going to place an order or whatever. And they go so fast. And so, like, when mm-hmm. a Lana Del Rey album comes out, you want to get that vinyl immediately because it's not going to take long before those prices go way up. Uh, you know? Right, right, right. But, but yeah, like, but like two years ago, she was like canceled, you know, like she was like down and out and. But like every time she gets canceled, she just comes back even stronger than ever. So well, she like got she a lot of criticism because she kept greeting fans without a mask on. 
and being really casual about it. And then it was like, and the fans are happy. It's just because she would, the pictures would get shared online and people were like, what are you doing on Maui? Not wearing a mask. And it was like, <laughs> and she just didn't care. She wanted want to smoke a cigarette. She's like, I can't smoke a cigarette through my mask. You know what am I going to do? Cut a little hole in it. I guess she could. But yeah, and then she also got in trouble because she had in that music video for Chemtrails of the Country Club, her mask was like see-through, and it was like, and people got, you know, but even her fans like got a lot of them got offended because they were like, oh, that's not even, that's just a symbolic mask. Well, it turned out that there was actually another invisible layer that was behind that. Not that it mattered, I don't think. Well, but, well, I, I mean, yeah. you're confusing um, two separate events. It was her, her poetry reading where she had the mesh, mesh mask. She did that too, but if you watch the music video for Chemtrails, you can oh, see right, her wearing but, it. Yeah. But I mean, it's just a video. Oh, right? you're right. Yeah, she wore it out to multiple events, and people didn't like it. But, yeah, and, yeah it, it was the it was the the poetry reading where. Um, sure, sure. But the thing with that is that um, um, Violet bent backwards over the grass is her Kether album on the uh, the tree that she built. And you know, Catherine is. Oh yeah, yeah, I follow which, you. Yeah. Just Corona, Corona. Yes, you, you follow yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally got you. Yeah, that's so, far so out. At the same time that there's the coronavirus. Oh, that's beautiful. She's got her, her Corona um, album slash poetry book. Yeah, I see it. And even if you're just going in, are you are you going by like release album release dates to go up the ascend the tree? Or are you actually just doing no, it no. through? No, no. She, she she built the whole tree out of order. Oh no, I'm just uh, I, I'm really curious. What is the process in which you related those particular attributions of those albums to those Sephiroth? Was it was uh, it through song? Was it through release date order, or was it just through what resonated, or both? No, it, it's just a, a totally a matter of what resonates as far as um, okay things go. But but I mean, she's got all these clues as to, as to which order the the albums go in because like the central pillar albums, are, she's like in the center. Yeah. I, can you see the uh, the tree I've got here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then see, um, like on the sides, you you've got her actually like positioned, so that you you see like. Ultra ultra violence is good for Gavora. I like that. It's 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 freaking perfect because you know she says on the album he used to call me DN and and you should know what that is. Right? Deadly nightshade. Right. Right. But in Hebrew. Oh. Oh, oh. Yeah. Yes. 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 You got it. Dean, yeah, you, I, yeah, it a little did, differently, did, but yeah. Well, well, yeah. I mean, she says D N, not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But, so, so yeah. For for our listeners at home, you could even elucidate that for them. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm actually like totally brain dead right now, even though I okay. know that I said it like 50 times with Baruch, but I can't remember. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, Dean, Dean is important. Yeah. No, what is? Yeah, what? yeah, and well, well, Dean's another um, name for Gabura, right? That's right. That's right. So that and it's a is it a it's not a gamatria thing. It's just something that gets repeated through the Zohar, where that you well they'll be saying the however you pronounce it. I think it is Dean, but yeah, it's like uh, you how you're just supposed to know that. So it's like it gets it's that's what gets confusing sometimes because a lot of the Sephiroth have like their other names because they're and maybe it's related to like that you're kind of invoking even though it's just numeration it's still like like the power like if you say metatron or something like you're not really supposed to say metatron unless if you're like trying you know trying to say biggie smalls into the mirror three times and biggie small shows up it's like you don't want metatron to show up whatever so you say metat it's like samael will be this usually abbreviated like the samek mem but this isn't an example of that so much as it is in meaning and i'm trying to remember all the meaning there of how they relate it because it gets confusing because gavora 
is a is the woman and you pe- the way people treat it is like is like because the woman pillar and she, she mm-hmm. belongs to that and so it's like people that have a lot of difficulty with that i would say as far as like a piece of media that really like explains how gavora is the woman that's freaking um uh that, what is that nicole kidman movie dogville from lars von trier oh, that right. one, but, that but, one but, really, and, and mother mother as well from well, Darren Aronofsky. Yeah. Really, I, I say it's social violence. I mean, c- come on. Um, oh, I'm feeling you. But like yeah. the thing is, is that like that's that's Jim Jones, right? So like she that song. No, no that, that's what I'm saying. Jim Jones is not the guy who's named Jim. That that's what I, I shall. Are you show. are you saying that that's like a like a distraction, or just like another yeah. like artistic choice of communicating a double meaning or something? No, no. What I'm saying is who Jim really is. Ooh, what do we got? Dicky freaking pop. Uh-huh. Jim raised me up. He helped me. He hit me and it felt like a kiss. Jimmy is freaking Iggy pop. I think the thing that gets people is that she says the, the taste of warm, cool, smooth lemonade. So. Well, she says yeah. um, crying tears of gold like lemonade. So she's saying that when she says lemonade, she's actually saying gold. That's that's like the alchemical Ooh, interesting. symbolism. She's okay. Okay. She's giving you a little key to decode that for her other music. Okay. But yeah, no. So what's the, what's the, the, so you have lust for life and you have Iggy Pop had lust for life. Yeah. And, and so like the, co- the cover of Iggy Pop's The Idiot totally mirrors ultraviolence. I love this, it. I love it. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, no, I follow you. Yeah. This is the magical spell that, that she and Bowie have been weaving. Oh, interesting. Like, like subliminally, they're trying to associate like the idiot with ultraviolence and you know huh. the first track on you know the idiot is calling sister midnight you've got me playing the fool yeah so iggy is the fool as you know the idiot and, and you know he's gonna you know you got this uh, little little line he kind of cribbed from jim morrison here you know i had a dream last night my mother was in my bed and i made love to her father he gunned for me i mean the six gun mm-hmm. a little bit of a lift from jim morrison maybe on bowie's part but, uh, you know, but did, Iggy, did Iggy Pop really stand on the audience like that? Like with, with the Stooges? Was that like a real event that happened? Like you could just stand casually on like their, like, because that's like, I don't know. That seems kind of crazy. Like this? With, <laughs> with his hands like that? or No, you know that, that famous, isn't that Iggy Pop? Where it's like the Sto- with the Stooges, he's like, would literally step out into the audience and like they just hold him up. Like everyone would put their hands up all around him and just fucking like keep him standing and he would just like perform up there. Isn't that like a thing? <laughs> it's an iconic photograph is it not isn't it the cover of one of their albums never mind whatever uh, I, I wasn't because Vicky pop was a stooges right am i tripping right 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 yep. Yep. He's, okay. he's raw okay. power that okay. the important thing is he's raw power i got you yeah yeah yeah, yeah but, but, but <laughs> let's see let's see um in in the lazarus stage production like valentine is like the connector between uh bowie and or you know thomas drill newton and uh, the uh, the the bluebird, the the blue girl who's only seen through the screen. So like Bowie can't like communicate directly with um, the the girl in blue through the screen. So he's got to send Valentine to do it for him. And so Valentine's the only one who could talk to her. So that's the whole weird relationship here. And this is this is all very like high level magic that I don't even like really understand fully. That's just uh, apparently how it works. Like. Yeah, so, so go in, go into the Valentine figure. Really. I was trying to work that out as well. Well, yeah, well, Valentine is like this, uh, you know, kind of like beastly, like really primal 
kind of figure. Shadow shadow figure, like yeah, yeah. So Caronzo? he's just well, he you know he's lust. You know he, right. he's the beast. You know yeah. you know Babylon and beast is is the lust guard. So it's like he, he has to send a Valentine to uh, the the girl in blue, and he can't uh, like uh, talk to her directly, which is why he never finds out her name or anything. Mm. And and so yeah. <clears throat> And then Continue. Valentine's Valentine's going out and and stabbing all of the uh, they're like, they're like colleagues of him from uh, colleagues of uh, Thomas Newton from his former businesses or right. um yeah so so he so he's like the uh, he's Jimmy's guitar sound from uh, mm-hmm. Scary Monsters that is the key line here like so Lana's Jim is Jimmy's guitar sound from freaking Scary Monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, That's Doug, the is gonna say, Doug is going to say the idiot is a uh, Dostoevsky thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the idiot and uh, heroes are both uh, referencing the same painting as well. Um, and uh, the 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 car on Ultraviolence is, is a German Mercedes. So that that's the little uh, wink to uh, the Berlin era there. And and those white lines on on the idiot. Is that ah yes is that yes. space in the station kind of thing? Yeah, or? white lines, and then uh, you know in ultraviolence yeah. she says, "Confront Amy's white lines." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, she's got the that the extra song. So there's like ultraviolence. There's like the album, but then there's all these extra songs and included right, in right. those Florida is the Miami Fields. one where she's like, "Why?" That's a, just a Coke song. It's like, wow, you just did a. Uh, well, right, right. That, that that that's 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 an important song too because you know. Uh, I'm getting out of word here, but since you mentioned it, mm-hmm. yeah, you like your little baby, like you like your drinks, cool. White lines, pretty daddy goes king. You started like mm-hmm. a champ, like the winter we're not in. We could get high in Miami, dance mm-hmm. the night away. People never die in Miami. Okay, That's die. what they all say. Yeah. You believe me, don't you, baby? Hey, you know what? I gotta say too, dude, is I, I'm from the West Coast, and I never heard anyone say, "If you ain't drinking, you ain't playing." But you know, whatever. I, I, it's the metaphorical West Coast. It's it's the underworld or the gateway to the mm. underworld. That's what you said in Tropico, you know. Mm. Yeah. The West Coast is. It's a the fucking great underworld. song, though. That's one of her, the that period. That's like one of her best songs. I think. All right. All right. Because uh, uh, you know you you got to make a uh, Gabura attractive because it's not a very attractive sphere generally. Well, it can be, it, the the right. judgments can be sweet or bitter depending on your how you deal with your inclinations, right. you know. Right, right, yeah. So, so you know, she's making a Gavura sexy here. Right, it's really misleading actually that people call Gavura severity because because mm-hmm. is only se- severe depending on what you what you're doing, you know. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, Gavura here, it's a straight shot uh, to a Vina you know, right there. So and yeah, just on the other side. That's. That's the Mars connection as well. Yeah, just uh, ride your little chariot up there. Yeah, I like so you got spiders from Mars in mm-hmm. Ziggy Stardust connecting from Teferet to Hochma. I like that. Yeah, yeah, because because yeah, the shoe, it's Mars. the shoe fits. So it's silly Mars. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As the Emperor. And then Bro. the uh, what, what? So in the movie, the Mars. What is it? The Mars Cafe. They're showing the. Uh, um, like on the on the on the window in the back or in the screen in the back where the where the musicians are playing, they have the uh, the symbol of this Mars Cafe that was on supposed to be on Second Avenue in in New York City. Mm. Um, in the Lazarus thing, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Hmm. I guess they're they're the spiders from Mars. I don't know. Yeah, there seemed to be a, a, another layer to that. And what are, uh, this is way off track, but I, I asked you about this in, in the email mm-hmm. but, uh, about the uh, the waterfall. Right, um, right, right. Well, that that that's uh, in, way down uh, at the beginning of it's no game. That's that's Mishima. Do you think? Probably, yeah. I was I was I was trying to zoom in and seeing if I could see a dead dog, but I couldn't. And of course, the whole, the, his whole fascina- fascination with uh, Mishima is because you know the guy killed himself. Wait, where's yeah. ha- where's honeymoon? Yeah, the mission goes goes very deep. I think. Oh, you don't, you don't. Oh, that's a zoom in on her on the bus. Okay, I see. This is the NC alternate cover. The uh, the urban outfit. But isn't that is that is that her on the cover on with the bus and then it's just zoomed way in? Is that what I'm looking at? No, no, no. It's the alternate uh, urban outfitters cover. Oh, why are you going with the urban outfitters cover, man? And the the one to the to, uh, <laughs> uh, so you got Nedsock and Hood Hood. You have the um, Lust for Life, and what's that one looks like the compilation album. Thing. No, it, what is it's, that? it's AKA Lizzie Grant. It, that isn't that a, a compilation album? No, no, that, that's her. That's her first album. Oh, is it? I thought her first album was Kill Kill. Um, that's an EP. Really? It seemed like a full album. Am Kill Kill was an EP, and the full album was AKA. Okay, Lizzie you know what? I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to fact check that. Not that I disagree with you, but I just have to know. Um, curious. All right, consult the the Lana Del Rey uh, wiki. I have to, yeah. Okay. I really, I really like that that uh, this girl has a whole wiki because she freaking needs a wiki because like her discography is intricate. So your original post was from 2015, is that right, or earlier? Which which post? This post K- or K West Part One? Right. That uh, was from 2014. 2014, great. Okay, and so then there was this this. Uh, 20, 2017, they're actually doing the kind of WTF uh, Kanye's The Black Star theory. Right, right. And and so that was kind of what I wanted to, uh, like, explore in the new post was just, like, well, why so Kanye had, is not the but successor. But it's interesting because, so, like, this does speak to the nature of your theory where you have mm-hmm. David Bowie with prophecy pointing towards the next messiah is is anti is uh kanye then almost like an antichrist like so he's saying he is the christ or he's not this is what the theory is saying mm. right right but what i'm saying is himself as a kind of messiah and it's just so fascinating to me from a sync standpoint because he is really newsworthy right now and right, you kind right. of taken him out of the post he's it's not well and that's what the k west the five years kanye was born five years after after david bowie sung about the five years dude i'm having a weird experience right now i'm looking at, at kill kill and you're absolutely right uh jason it is an extended ep and uh the first song is kill kill but the second song is yayo which sounds exactly. an awful lot like it's not spelled the same way but it mm-hmm. sound phonetically it sounds the same so it's just kind of funny uh, well, well, oh yeah. I mean, did you see my uh, like freaking kill kill six up with the devil? You see that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That 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 is the kind of mind blowing thing that makes you like want to like commit yourself to. Right. So my confusion is that kill kill is also the first song on the Lizzie yes. Grant album. Yes. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Okay, thank you. So so yeah, like like uh, Lizzie Grant is the devil in a sense because she like she's like the uh, the false self, you know. Mm-hmm. 
like the ego mind. Um, ooh, the the lyrics right under that. What uh, 2000, 2016 was the worst year. What's that from? Oh, that that was just something I found on Pinterest. <laughs> yeah, I was just going through Pinterest and like collecting all of the uh, images that had both Lana and uh, David Bowie in them because they're always really esoteric. Who, who's the Vav and Tetragrammaton there? I can't tell. Uh, it's a uh, Prince and. Uh, oh, it's Prince. Leia. I see it now. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Carrie Fisher. Princess Leia. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and of course, I, yeah. of course, Leia. That, that this, this ties into you know the uh, the Star Wars protagonist, of course, is uh, yeah, you know, Ray, princess. Ray. So to have the princess as the final hay of Tetragrammaton is really fitting, as that's Malkut, aka Shakina. Right. I I love that. Right before, very shortly before she died, she did that tweet where she was like, somebody had asked about Trump during the um, during the debate. They said that sniffle cokehead or no. And she said, I'm an expert, and absolutely. I love that. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I'm getting out of order here again. Okay. Uh, order. How do you get out of order with this, Jason? Oh, I don't know. Anyways. It seems like you're like in a lot of data. Just, just like yeah, that. yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I was wondering about that. So, so uh, can I read it non-linearly, or do you, do you have a narrative throughout all of this? You can read it non-liberally. Um, I mean, I just thought you guys wanted me to go down through the post. Oh, yeah, no, that's, no, that no, no, that, no. that's so good to do because then you cover yeah. everything. But, yeah. Right, right. Assuming so, we get to the end of it. <laughs> right. So, so, I mean, originally when I posted it, I was thinking, well, is Taylor Swift the important component here? And it turns out, no, she really isn't. She's just kind of like, you know, the, the spark that lights the fire. But... Mm-hmm. Taylor Swift isn't really important. Like, originally I had a bunch of stuff on Taylor Swift, but I took it out because... It's funny, well, Ye would probably agree with you, right? Right, right, In fact, he would, like, steal an award over it and get all crazy, yeah. Right, but but what I was saying uh, with with Ye is that he's really, like, the avatar of, like, the last ion of, I don't know, Osiris slash Horus. Dude, totally. Can I... Do you you remember that award ceremony was the one that every single performance and every single part of it was all like Duncan's ritual from Freemasonry? Um, which which one the? Were you the about? There was a there was an uh, an MTV award show the t- the night where Kanye took the award. He didn't actually grab it. He just said that Taylor Swift didn't deserve the award, that it should have gone to, to Beyonce. Beyonce. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right, 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 right. And yes. so, but that was supposed to be like, because it was to, it was at the end of the night, towards the end of the night, and the idea was is that that was the test. So, like, there's the whole thing with, like, Hiram Abiff, where they had to, like, basically uh, get the initiate to be basically humiliated and to see how they handle it. And if they handle it with grace and ease, then that's like part of the initiation. And so the idea that this night who was being initiated into the industry, so to speak, it was Taylor Swift. And that was her test was how she handled that. And so the idea was, is that this wasn't just, yay kanye at the time having the you know just being having this impulse to just do this that it was actually part of the show that it was like this is written into it so to speak you know 
but I don't know how true that is, but that that but it is true that if you go through every performance, it was like Pink had like one leg covered and then one like uh, her breast exposed with like a heart, and it was like that they did this thing in masonry where you have the one leg during the initiation, the the leg pant leg rolled up, and it's like and then you you're basically you're blindfolded, and then she was like blindfolded and like raised up in the air, and it was like and then yeah. Lady Gaga like stabbed herself. She like had this violent thing between two pillars, if I recall correctly. So she like was playing out the Hiram Abiff like enactment of when he got, you know, even though she stabbed herself, it's still, you know, whatever the sacrifice stabbing thing. And I don't know. And then, yeah, it was, it was, that was a weird night, man. Just, mm. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Taylor's got the little uh, spaceman there. So, yeah. Anyway, apparently has that picture on her wall. Really? <laughs> to remind her. So like, there's something to the kind of revenge motive. Yeah, there. yeah. So, so like, so Taylor Swift's album goes uh, skyrockets, and suddenly Kanye is on his way out here. So mm. there, there's there's some kind of sadie. Uh, I, I mispronounced that again. The you know, Hebrew letter thing going on there, probably with her name. But we talked a little bit about the. And I didn't know anything about Raelians, but so like there is something curious there for sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Elon Elon Musk literally believes that he's going to return to his his home planet. Uh, that he's an he's an alien. He is a Raelian. That's why he kicked yeah. Kanye off. I haven't heard people talking about that. Like it seems like that was like a big deal. I mean, just in terms of like high weirdness shit. I'm like. Dude, the guy is basically just his cards just went on the table, and it was Kanye who revealed it. He didn't get removed over a symbol, dude. He got removed because of the symbol's association with his religion. Hey, hey, man, I'm I'm talking about the real space alien here, man. So let, let's uh, I don't care about, about Elon here. The false messiah. <laughs> right, right. I don't care about Elon. Oh, he predicted five years. Here he's born. This is the real rocket man here. It's interesting we're saying false messiah because Parsons calls himself the Antichrist, right? Right. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, you know, party life is 1949, guys. Anyways, back to Bowie. You know, um, in the midst of posting all of his uh, Black Star videos, he posts Pablo Picasso, really inexplicably, like a live performance of Pablo Picasso. You guys notice that? Uh, when you are, I'm, I'm I'm listening. Is that is that uh, da- who is that? Is that Harry Potter? Yep. Daniel Radcliffe is that his name? Yes, yes, it's Daniel Radcliffe. But okay. we'll get to that. Okay, sorry. All right, Pablo Picasso. Like so, in the midst of posting all of his Black Star videos, he posts Pablo Picasso. And you know, in Pablo Picasso, there's this strange lyric: "Swinging on the back porch, jumping off a big log. Pablo's feeling better now, hanging by his fingernails." So apparently Pablo is being hanged. You know, the artist is being hanged. But then if we turn to the lyrics for Pablo Picasso, the lyrics are different. The lyrics actually say, swinging on the backyard. Yard, not porch. Swinging on the backyard. So uh, who else is uh, swinging on the backyard? Where does it say porch? It says backyard in both of them, doesn't it? No, no. It, it, when, when he sings it on, on, on the record. Right? Oh, the I see what you're saying. Says, OK, OK. Swinging on the back porch. Dig it. If you turn to the lyrics in reality on the, in the liner notes, it actually says swinging on the backyard. I'm sorry. What so, is, this? Uh, is this the next day? What is this? It's a uh, reality. Oh, reality. OK. okay. Yeah. His, his I, that's the album record. I don't know. So, OK. Well, well you should, because that's got a lot of, you should really. Reality is what we don't know. Yeah, you, you should really uh, <laughs> listen to that album, man. 
Because that's got okay. Of- okay, I will. I'm sorry. I just I know I what I I remember hearing it at some point, but I I don't even know if I finished it, man. It was like felt like the Matrix Four, but yeah, okay. yeah, I, I know it, it, it's a, it's a bit uh, AOR maybe, but uh, it's got some uh, very uh, but but that's the thing. It's, it's Dude, like, I'll I, put everything aside for meaning. That's no, why no, I'm like, if yeah, you tell no, me that there's a no. stage play I I need to see after this talk, it's like I'll freaking watch it, even if it seems bad. If it's got meaning that makes it worth it, because it's not. It's sometimes yeah. it's like that yeah. is where you find the gems. Oddly enough, I think Jake Coates is one person who knows that, which is no, one of his no. old definitions well, that, that of sync. That's what I'm saying mundane, here. You know? Like yeah. freaking never let me down. The like worst David Bowie album is actually the most esoteric. Weird. Okay, okay I'll go through it. Like never let me down, you know. <laughs> I can't. That's the yeah. tower. I yeah. can't listen to more than a couple of minutes of that, but uh, I, oh. I will. Oh, what about the? the okay, you gotta listen to Two Virgins too by John and Yoko. Yeah, wow. oh, yeah that's but, no problem. I, uh, yeah, but, I actually yeah. love that. So I. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, if you, if you can't listen to, guys, guys, come on, fine, focus here. Okay. Okay. Listen to the 2018 version <laughs> if, you, if you can't stand the original. But yeah, never let me down is the tower. So. Okay. And that, that that's where he's keeping Lolita locked up. He's keeping it Lolita never... locked up in the tower. Yeah, because that, that's where he has his uh, Lolita song. Oh, can uh, you just can you share again what it was in the email that you were talking about with the Lolita connection? Who said what? What was it? Because I know Lana Del Rey has the song Lolita. Hey Lolita, hey. Oh, I know no. what the boys oh, yeah, want. Yeah. I'm not gonna no, play. No. But what's but what's the Bowie thing with it? Oh, um, it's just a uh, you know he has that song, um, beat up your drum. Where he's like Lolita, go. Um. Hmm. Uh, maybe I can find the lyrics here. Uh, right, but it wasn't just a song. It sounded like there was a quote where he was explaining something, and you had made a connection that I thought was really oh, interesting. No, he just said uh, that uh, "Beat of Your Drum" is about uh, Lolita, and okay, because like the, the the official lyrics for "Beat of Your Drum" are like censored, and so instead of saying uh, Lolita, it says "Lowly to Go," which is not what it says. Mm. He's saying freaking Lolita go. Right, right. That's what it was. Okay, no, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah. So like, no, that's that's clever. So like, they're trying to like hide that uh, Bowie is some kind of lecherous pedophile, but uh, right. But even if he wants to make the point that's that's got you know symbolism attached to it, it's like he right. has to go about it in such a way. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, he, he's not actually uh, creeping on fourteen-year-old girls in this case. I, I I mean, I hear tell that he may have done so in the past, but. In this case, he seems to have an esoteric. <laughs> no, it was that was Led Zeppelin, man. Oh God, that story with the girl. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm uh, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. That's that disappointing. You know, I, I, you know, but you're like, oh, but you know, those are crazy times. You know, we got really carried away. You know. Yeah, yeah. Bowie really hated Led Zeppelin too. Probably for that reason at that period or something. Uh, also, with know. It, you know, yeah. when it, he had this little magical battle with Jimmy Page and all that. Right. But okay. that, that's well, so that is interesting that you should bring that up because so that's something I thought about when he, so Jennifer Connelly was 16 when he was no she was 14 so yeah there there you go um, but then also this actress that played Marley in the Lazarus stage play was also either 15 or 14 I mean the the play ran for many years and she was the the same character throughout the whole run and so uh, she was quite young. I mean, she appears quite young in the in the play. Uh, let's see her. Mm-hmm. Sophia and Caruso. Uh, yeah. So I, I mean, Bowie intentionally cast someone named Sophia, obviously. Well, so in the vision and the voice is describing the daughter of Babylon as a twelve-year-old girl, right? Like, right, right. But uh, I mean, obviously, 
I, I'm more focused on maybe that how that plays out in um, the Gnostic Mass, right. where the priestess is um, portraying the uh, daughter of Babylon. So because obviously you know Lana is not a twelve year old girl, but you know she's portraying the daughter of Babylon as a mm-hmm. as a priest. You know, but we're jumping ahead of ourselves here. 14. 14, 14 is the gematria of Dalit spelled out, right? So it's the number of digits on your hand. I think that that's correct. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, well, then outside is a um, Bowie's album is all about uh, Baby Grace as the 14 year old girl. Oh, no, that's the thing. I think I'm getting that wrong. I, for, I forget how that works. Oh, wait a minute. I'm thinking it's my own fucking name. It's Dalit, Dalit Bob Dalit. Six mm. plus mm. four plus four. Is that correct? Okay. Mm. Yeah, well, well, I'll get, you know, David going, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, that's, okay, that, that totally works, yeah, no, that's interesting, that David, David, David Bowie, that his name equals 14 in Hebrew. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, he has the album outside, which is all about uh, Baby Grace, and the missing 14 year girl, so. The 14th yeah. are called as temperance. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so, so anyways, um, Bowie's got to kind of upgrade the Lolita thing, did he ever meet Serge Gaines first? You ever meet him? Did he ever go to France? He must have gone to France. I don't know. I mean, he's more than a shop breath, but uh, I'm sure he's a failure with Serge Gaines. Oh, he'd have to. Yeah. Thank you. Thank well, love was good, no love was bad. Wave goodbye to the life without 